So, any question tonight? Yes. Today, earlier, you made a, 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 a statement in the morning class about people who um, didn't know anything much about Krishna consciousness, but they got right into it in the kirtan. Haribo, Haribo. They didn't really understand. Well, I took it as almost... Well, that's me. I don't know much about Krishna consciousness, but I like to sing and dance and make a lot of noise. And uh, so I was wondering, is that... Like, I don't fall on the floor and pretend I'm in ecstasy. I'm not. But I like to jump around and and have fun because I take it as an an invitation from Lord Chaitanya that everybody should jump in the pool. So what do you think? Am I overdoing it? With a question like that, then the answer is obviously no. You're not. You're, you're, you, you want to do it right, so you can't really do it wrong, in a sense. Even if you do it technically wrong, but you want to do it right, then the Bhavad Grahi Janardana. So Krishna accepts the offering, even if from the heart that's what he wants, even if it's technically wrong and he'll be able to translate it out. He can read and speak the language of the heart. So that's the important thing, to have the heart in the right place. Of course, the evidence that your heart is in the right place is that you want to do it technically right, too. Yeah, right? I'm hoping it will come. <laughs> it certainly will come, yeah. Yeah. So no harm. Hmm? Other question? Yes. <laughs> oh, he's on here. And now he's here. See what technology has done. <laughs> Mystic powers. Huh? <laughs> um, so you're saying, um, thinking of how we worship Gaur Nittai <laughs> in the atmosphere of Navadvi, I wondered if Nittai wears a Brahmin te- thread when he is in the mood of Avadur. A sannyasi generally breaks the thread, right? So I don't recall that Nittai took any formal sannyas, but just wondered if the thread would be an ornament of his. Um, then, for context, I was also thinking of this question in regard to deity worship of Gaur Nittai. Gaur wears the thread, he's in the Dvijamani, he's the Dvijamani, etc. But just wondered about Nittai, who is Abhadud in Navadvip, and who Advaita said he cannot ascertain Nitha's caste. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's Avadut, but he's Dvijamani also. That is Vajanolambito, Pujo, Kanakavadato, Sangeetanai Kapitaro, Kamalayata Kriyavishvambaro, Dvijabaro, Yugadharmapalo, Vandejagat Priyakaro, Karunapataro, Dvijabaro. So the two of them, they're Dvijas. Dvijam, he's from the family of Hadai Pandits. Brahmin family, so forth. So, whether he wears it all the time, whether it breaks when he expands in ecstasy, that you have to go there and find out for yourself what he, what he will show you. But, yes, they're both um, from the point of view of their family lineage and so forth. Brahmins, and of course, Vaishnavism transcends the Varnashram. Hmm? So, that and and more. Next question, Brahma. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the question is that uh, sometimes we preach that we should um, uh, uh, adjust the details in order to deliver the principle, right? So there's a lot of issues where it doesn't, you know, if you adjust the details to accommodate a certain section of society or a certain class or a certain group, then you, you turn off the other group. You know, for instance, like the, the, the woman in sannyas issue. For instance, you say, okay, uh, although Prabhupada went on records to say that he was against women being in sannyas, it's, it's 40 years later and society has changed, so we're going to um, step a step forward and we're going to say, okay, there's no reason why women shouldn't take sannyas in this day and age. 
Come forward, ladies. You're, yeah, go ahead. So, so when we, we say that, that, that pleases one group, and that might bring them into Christian consciousness, might turn off a whole other group. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know what I'm saying? Another issue might be that, you know, uh, uh, gays, uh, gay marriage. Mm -hmm. one, you know. Okay, so uh, Prabhupada went on record as to say he was against that, but it's 40 years later, and so uh, we can accommodate that, and that would uh, seem to be fine in the Bay Area, <laughs> but, you know, in other places, uh, it would, might turn out a whole other group of people. So mm -hmm. we're, we're adjusting the details in order to deliver the principle, but for the other side, they'll, they'll just turn off to the principle, turn off the whole thing for, as far as our side. So my question is, is, is there an actual right or wrong in all this? Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Yes, there is a right or wrong in this. Certainly is. And, um, and so the, I, the, <laughs> the very idea of adjusting the principle or the details according to time and circumstance. This idea is the right. Hmm? This is the right idea. Hmm? This is the very uh, character of intermediate, for example, devotion, which is the outreach kind of mode of devotion, madhyama, from the, whether it's char madhyama is characterized by discrimination, so the teacher has to come up to or bring himself down to the madhyama stage where he can be conscious enough of the external world hmm, from his or her internal position to exercise some discrimination in teaching. Uh, say, no, that's wrong, that's not the teaching, this is the right teaching, you're doing that right, you're doing that wrong, constructive criticism and so forth to help the students. So this is vital. Hmm? This is, uh, and this, the circumstances, the times and so forth, change, uh, and they change dramatically these days, 40 years of our recent time is like 400 years of change um, in terms of what took place in the pre-industrial society, hmm? with all the technology and so we, 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 we things change so, so rapidly. You I mean, you probably couldn't imagine not have an email, you know, and we all lived without email for, or some of us did anyway, <laughs> for quite some time. So uh, um, that's just one example of a huge uh, change. And uh, that change, for example, made more information available and so forth, has its advantages, has its disadvantages and so forth. But at any rate, the world changes. And so the, uh, the current of truth... Hmm, has to be explained and disseminated relative to the time and the place. Otherwise, it's not going to be well-received. Hmm? If I go to a planet of homosexuals and I say, homosexuality bad, I'm not going to get first base. And, you know, whether it's good or bad or whether it's, it's the same as heterosexual sex, basically in many respects. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's, uh, well, we, we can go into that in some detail, but uh, it's what defines a person largely, materially, their sexual orientation. So the answer is yes, there is, there is a truth. There is a right and a wrong. And the right is that, that we have to, um, identify the time and circumstance, and present the teachings according to that. doesn't mean to change the teachings, actually, hmm? because we only adjust details. The teaching is the principle. So those who cannot identify with the change of details, hmm? why? Why can't they identify with the change of details? And why do they get um, uh, put off by that? Because they have misunderstood the detail to be a principle. That's the only reason that they object and want to stay back and hold back and, and so forth. So they are wrong. Hmm? Not because they want to do what a previous Acharya said in the past, time and circumstance, there was nothing wrong with that. Hmm? To, have, to have spoken like that in a previous time would have been, in a sense, you know, the right thing to do. Hmm? Now you have a new circumstance, new information, for example. Truth is always growing. Hmm? 
It's not a static thing, so new information, new insights. So according to that relative truth, the absolute truth is presented. And what's changed is the details. So those who cannot identify and distinguish between the detail and the principle, they're wrong. Hmm? And they will be, you know, the train will go on, so to speak, and they will be left behind. And they're quite, it's quite a, it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's very, um, it's a very big uh, problem, actually. There, that's where your whole fundamentalist orientation of, of religion comes from, not keeping up with the current of truth, so to speak, um, and how it will be applied in different time and circumstance and relative to new, 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 basically new, inst- new, new circumstances. Here's a new, let's, I'll give you an example. Here's a new circumstance. Let's take homosexuality. Here's a new circumstance. Fifty years ago, homosexuals didn't, hated themselves, probably. Hmm? Homosexuals were thought to be everything that the society made them to be by way of thinking about them in a particular way from a heterosexual perspective, hmm? which from, heterose- from my previous heterosexual orientation, uh, I could tell you that it's, it's repugnant, the idea. And I would imagine that from heterosexual orientation, a purely heterosexual orientation, or homosexual orientation, heterosexuality is somewhat like, I'm very attractive. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, it's, not, it's, repu- it's, it's repugnant. Hmm? So, you know, h- how long does it take in society for the, for the heterosexual to get into the homosexual's head and look from that perspective and, and, and so on and so forth? Well, it's taken a while, apparently, because for ages and centuries and so forth, Homosexuals were thought of in a certain way, and then they were made to be that way, so to speak, because society marginalized them, hmm? beat them up. You know, okay, here's a, the, the, they got uh, whatever it is, how many kids on a basketball team? Six or something like that? Six kids on the basketball team in school. They're all going to the court and playing, you know, and, uh, and then uh, they all reach puberty. Hmm? And five guys, they all start to become attracted to the cheerleaders. Hmm? It's just, it's, it's an, and then one guy becomes attracted to the other guys on the court. Huh? Why? Where you could say, well, it's environmental, or it's, you know, it's nurtured, or it's nature. It may be by nature. It may be by nurture, but if it's by nurture, it's so tied to nature. It's so far back. Hmm? In some kind of environmental, psychological, that it's that it's that it's become the nature. It's indistinguishable. I don't think the science has, you know, com- comprehensively or conclusively weighed in on whether nature or nurture. But you take the nurture. Most people do who take that side way too far. Like it's environmental, so it's a choice. It's, uh, you know. Where's the choice? Kid reaches puberty, <laughs> and it's a total heterosexual environment. <laughs> Where's the opportunity to choose? Hmm? He starts to choose, and the parents say, "That's wrong." The basketball players beat him up after practice, and the cheerleading girls, you know, make fun of him. And uh, he's told he's brought to the priest, says he should change. Hmm? And so, okay, and this is bad. You're weird. There's something wrong with you, and so forth. And 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 because it's his nature, or it was nurtured so early on in childhood, infancy, with by some way in which he didn't get maybe the right kind of affirmation from a father at a certain point, or who knows what. I mean, that's, as I say, the court's still out on that, but it doesn't really matter at this point, because the nurture argument, if it's nurtured, it's so far back hmm, that it's practically the nature. Therefore, hold on, it can't be changed. Hmm? Now, you can get these Christian groups that can bring the guy into the camp and, it's wrong, it's wrong, and Jesus says it, you know, and everybody gets around the fire and holds his hand and says, you're wrong, you're wrong, and, and here's a girl for you, and, and so forth, and, uh, you know, and they say, and we changed him, and he gets on the internet and says, and I changed, you know. So, you know, he didn't really change. It's not a fact. Hmm? He, he, so we can rev people up like that, beat them up like that also, hmm? Um, but uh, that's all based on a misunderstanding of the reality. Hmm? That's the truth of the matter. Hmm? And so, uh, 
you know, and here, so here's a kid, right? This is how it used to be. He grows up like that, and it doesn't go away. And sexuality so much defines a person. It's so central to him, and every, and he, everybody knows. <laughs> Uh, you know, and the heterosexuality is so much facilitated. It's not just the act of sex. Hmm? A heterosexual is just not a person has sex in a certain way. It's a whole way of looking at the world. Hmm? And the whole world's fa- favorable for it. Promotes it, encourages it, um, seeks to, uh, you know, think about it in every possible way. Here's a fellow or a gal uh, who's got a hec- homosexual orientation there's no environment to, to, to support it hmm? whatsoever. So where is it coming from? And so then we marginalize that person, and every superstition that we have, that based on not having looked at it enough carefully hmm, over centuries and thought about it enough, everything we think, that becomes the truth. So we make a law against it. Hmm? It's punishable by crime. Uh, you know, Maybe you could be hanged for it in some places. Who knows? Uh, and so, but how man can't change, the person can't change their sexual orientation. So they're driven to the fringe of society. Hmm? They're in some bar in New York City, you know, and they're as weird as, you know, uh, as you think, as you want them to be, as you made them. They have no other place to go. If they're found out that they're homosexual, they lose their job. Hmm? They might, the bank might not loan them money. They could get arrested and thrown in jail. So they, they're pushed to the margins of society and they become as weird as the heterosexuals think they are. And then they think homosexuals are pedophiles, homosexuals are dangerous, they're more lusty than heterosexuals, watch out for them and all, and every superstition on the planet about them. You know, they, so they become, we turn them into what we erroneously think about that particular orientation, sexual orientation to life. Mm-hmm. I mean, Heterosexuals should be crying about that, that you did that to somebody, knowingly or unknowingly. This is like a crime. Hmm? This, is, this is like, you know, and I, you know, that's why I say that, that fellow Amar Das, he's the Harvey Milk of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, you know, he's the Martin Luther King, you know, of, of, of homosexuality and so forth. And then people say, well, it's all right, you know, let him have it, but do they have to parade in the streets about it? Hmm? If they hadn't, they'd still be in those, in those bars, you know, what is it called, Stonehenge or something, or that, the Stone something? Stonewall. Stonehall? Stonewall, New York, where the revolution of, you know, in the context of a sexual revolution, another, you know, a, a sub-revolution within that, well, a category within that, also took birth. And so they said, look, we had enough of this. Like, we are what we are, you know, and, and then, they, then they started to demonstrate over time when they made their voices heard, um, that they were competent in every other field of activity. They could be bankers, they could be lawyers, they could be doctors, they could be physicists, they could be politicians, they could be any of those things, and they didn't think they could either previously. So as they found out about themselves, so we're finding out about them, these are facts. Hmm. These are not like, wait, I know the science is in a, the science is in here, I'll give you an example, here's the science. Here's a superstition. Homosexuality is a human convention invented by some guys that are just really super lusty. They're, they're immoral. Huh? Okay, it, it, it doesn't even happen in animal society. I know it does. That's my point. That's the superstition. So you so, say, well, I don't know if I believe in everything science says. You know? Well, try this one on, you know. Here's one for you. Here's 450 other species that have been found to engage in homosexual activities. Well, maybe that's just Kali Yuga. <laughs> well, you know, it's getting ridiculous here, you know. Huh? Here's the facts. There's the superstition. So let's retire the superstition. Satyam param dimahi. That's our path. Hmm? Satyam param dimahi. Let's meditate on the truth of the matter. Hmm? There's absolute truth and there's relative truths. Hmm? Hmm? Yeah. Here's a relative truth. It's, well, it's, 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 anyway, so within the realm of relativity, of the material existence. So you look at the facts, and then you see this is a particular orientation. It is how would you call it? I would say it is a, it is a, um, it is an, um, it's a. 
normally occurring abnormality from the, in terms, if you want to look at the majority of people have this orientation. So this is a minor, a different orientation. It's, an, it's, a, it's a natural abnormality. There are, there are, there are albinos, you know. There are uh, left-handed people, for God's sake, <laughs> right? And they used to be bad. They used to try to take left-handed people and make them learn to run with the right hand, right with the right hand, right? Because they thought something wrong with you. You're born with left, left-handed. You got to change that. Hmm? The word sinister comes from the Latin word sinistro, which means left. Oh, just see, yeah, the left-handed. See, so you know, let's put all the things together here, and we see the right-handed is okay. You know. Uh, and they went through the same, well, not the same extremes, perhaps. Hmm? And so then you come to the point where you, you, you know, you, we, are, we, we define a person by their sexual orientation or by their... Uh, now, you could define a person as immoral by their sexual behavior. That's true. Hmm? There is sexual behavior that we consider in human society immoral. For example... You, uh, your sexual behavior infringes upon the, um, well, it, it, it's fostered on someone who's not of age to make a decision. Hmm? Uh, what do you call it? Pedophilia or something like that. So, or, or you foster it on a beast, bestiality or something. So you don't have a willing, consenting adult uh, partner. So that's a problem. That's, that's I- I- immoral. Hmm? Um, so... That that's a behavior then that that affects society adversely, hmm? but then we have willing consenting partners, and then you want to you want to say, well, look, why don't you guys get together, you know, and make it a sacred pact or something like that? You're really trying to harness it. You're not trying to promote it. We're not trying to promote heterosexuality either. We're trying to harness that also. So we suggest let's do it like this: one or two people to get together, and then we'll blow a horn, woo, celebrate, call everybody in the neighborhood. These two, they're going to be together, you know. And then don't see this guy somewhere else, you know. That that's not that becomes then uh, that becomes a breach in, in the sense that well, you know, look, let's make this sexuality into something more than just just uh, a uh, just a just a bestial activity, basically. This is what it, what it means to an animal. It was that we're humans. Let's make more to it. Let's make it. Let's let's do it in a sacred union. And and and, and in the context of procreation, it becomes even perhaps uh, more profound. Hmm? And uh, and and if in, if in doing like that, we can harness it in such a way, in combination with spiritual practice, that it will be transcended altogether. And we then so. So we should extend the same possibility, the same opportunity, for example, to those of a different sexual orientation. Now, what we see, what we have seen, is that the homosexual orientation does um, does not alter one's character in such a way that they become a danger to society, to youths, or they're not more sexually promiscuous than heterosexuals. That's a fallacy. It's another superstition and so forth. So you get all the data out, and then you get all these institutions, American Medical Association, American Psychological, Psychoanalytical Association, American Psychiatric Association, American Social Workers, uh, so on, and they all come to the same conclusion. They're all looking at the same data, and they all thought differently 50 years ago. Hmm? Are they coming to a different conclusion because some gay person just got in their face or something like Well, kind of, yeah, but with what? With some... F- Facts, and then they did the research, they did the data, and they make a. You may say, "Well, science is full of mistakes." Well, you know, these aren't these aren't rocket science kind. Of, yeah, they they make a mistake about how far away you know some galaxy is or something, or they could make a mistake about um, something in the, any number of things. But you know, we're all scientists in one sense. We all engage in the scientific experiment. We all think, "Okay, I did that. I got a, some data from that. I put my hand in the fire. It burnt." Hmm. I did again. It burned. If I put my hand in the fire, it burns. There, I've got a scientific fact. We're all scientists. You know, we do that all the time. Hmm. So to say, well, I don't believe in the scientists. Or them, you know, these are the kind of things that they wax towards. You know, but they. they but these are just simple facts. Hmm. They're not hard. To, they're they're real plain. Yes, it happens in the homo, in in animal society also. 
Okay, there goes that superstition. That has to be retired. That's the fact. That's the truth. That's what Prabhupada taught, for example. Hmm? Prabhupada taught in the face of the truth, well, yeah, yeah, we have to embrace. Prabhupada demonstrated himself to be logical, reasonable, in the face of new information, if he had a particular opinion on something in the world, if he would get new information about it, he would change his opinion. Hmm? Is he a reasonable person? Hmm? He, he demonstrated that to me. I had experience. We used to, we used, to, we we one time we we started putting on secular clothes to go out and sell his books because we were being uh, discriminated against, discriminated against in the public. Hmm? And so then then one sannyasi wrote the prophet said. They're again becoming hippies and you know, giving up the devotional attire and so forth. The Prabhupada wrote back said, immediately, that should be changed. You know, you wrote, they, that, that should, they shouldn't do that anymore. So then we got together and we realized Prabhupada has been giving us some information that's not accurate. We're not interested in putting on these secular clothes other than anything for his, for his service. Hmm? So Kathleen wrote a letter, gave him the information. He said, oh, then that's another thing. Hmm? Go for it. <laughs> Undercover agents, you know, for the truth, you know. And then he wrote about it in his books even. Hmm? And then he found a evidence from the Leela, like sometimes this is done. They disguise themselves for spreading the truth. And so, and our men are doing, and the ladies are doing, and so on and so forth. So to see the measure to which he changed his opinion. Hmm? A previous opinion based on incorrect information. So he's not going sorting out every piece of information. He kind of relied on us. And he was powerful. So he'd say, well, I think like this. So a lot of kids just went, we were kids. Said, okay, well, that's it then. Hmm? But Prophet also told us that my defect is or my shortcoming is, my, my lament is, that my, ch my grandchildren are coming, but my children aren't coming. He meant 20-year-olds are coming, and he's 70, but 50-year-olds aren't coming, who got a brain, a head on their shoulders, who have, sorry for you younger people, but <laughs> I've, I've been there too. I mean, you know, there's a wisdom of experience and so on and so forth. And so he was trying to find out what the Western world was like, what people thought. He, he, he was obviously didn't know everything about it. He wasn't omniscient in that way. He would ask for information. He'd have certain opinions, and he'd be strong about them. And we'd usually go just back down and go, I guess that must be it, you know. But if someone was strong enough to say, actually, Prabhupada, it's like this. Hmm? I don't think it's like this. And they would come back around, Prabhupada, I really think it's like this. And, you know, Prabhupada would listen. He's a reasonable person. Hmm? And he wanted that kind of input. When he saw that we weren't capable of giving it, then he just figured, well, whatever. Then he just pushed what he, you know, and we went along with it and so forth. But the fact that he wanted that, hmm, he wrote to Sridhar and said, this is my shortcoming. I have no one to consult with. I'm over here in like Mars, you know. It's like it was for a 70-year-old person to come in 1965 to India with no money. He got off the boat. Went on a, he went on a, a cargo boat, had a heart attack on the boat, almost died, got off in the Boston Harbor. He said, I didn't know whether to turn left or right. Huh? This whole mission came out of that. Hmm? He said, I had faith in the holy name of Krishna. He sat in Tompkins Square Park in the East Village in New York in 1965 and chanted. Some hippies came, right? <laughs> some of us came and joined him and so forth. And San Francisco and so on, Montreal and so on. And so um, then, you know, he was trying to, he wrote back, he, had, he wrote a, a letter to Bhaktivedanta Narayan Marsh, whom he asked to send a, one of these clay drums, Murdungas from any, send me a drum, you know. And he said, it's incredible here, he said. I'm in New York, he said, and, and the whole night is lit up. There's lights everywhere. It's like the daytime. Hmm? He said, and everybody's got a car. And they drive it themselves. <laughs> because in India, there'd be few cars, and there'd be a rich person, and you'd have a driver. Hmm? He was like, it was like, if you read it, you see, he think, he's like, I'm, I'm on a different planet here. Hmm? And then he was living in the Bowery, in the east side, you know, and th at that time it was not a, not a, uh, a desirable place. Drunkards on the street and so forth. Some guy let him in, let him stay in his flat, then had a bad trip one night and tried to try to attack Prabhupada with a with a letter opener or something like that and he's freaking out on a you know, bad purple rain or whatever, you know. <laughs> Spiked with, you know, meth or something. And uh <laughs> And then Prabhupada's out the door, you know, in the middle of the night and on the street in New York, and it's friggin' cold out, you know. <laughs> this is like winter in New York. He's coming from the tropics, from India, from Rindabhan, where it gets to be 120 degrees in the summer. Hmm? He had never seen snow. He had never seen snow. Yeah. In a New York winter with a pair of these little symbols, you know. And that winter. It was a cold winter, particularly. Yeah. Lots of a bitter winter. So... 
And some hippies came and listened to him, and you know, gradually he was able to, you know, explain to them. And he was trying to figure out how it all works. He said, "I gave them the name of Krishna, experiment to see what would happen." Hmm? Told them to chant this much, and then as it started to happen, hmm? what well, to speak of materially, spiritually, he was also looking for a lead to follow. Hmm? He said, "I gave them the name, and I thought it would have an effect. As it has an effect, I'll follow that effect." Hmm? So someone would chant and say, "Prabhupada." We should have a temple in San Francisco. He said, okay, let's go. Go to San Francisco. Open a temple there. Hmm? And he thought, Krishna must be leading them. They're chanting the name. So I'll take the information. And then he would ask about different things. I, 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 once I saw him, and we were in New York walking in Central Park, and he, it was ice. And he put his cane on the ice. He was kind of, kind of like really, after, it was several years later, of course, and he's still trying to figure out Exactly. He was fascinated by ice. I mean, he never seen ice, you know. He saw it in his early when He was looking at how it works. And he didn't break it. Hmm, you know. So, <laughs> it's, it's like he knows everything. He, know, he has love of Krishna, but every detail about everything. So, he would uh, hope to get information from us. And then he would be informed for his outreach and so forth. Hmm? So, and my godmother, Upendra, Upendra was was a homosexual. He joined Prophet early in New York. And so so the others were getting married. And you know, Prophet saw that you know it was the sixties, so it was the big this was the beginning. You should understand this too. This was the beginning of the sexual revolution. People say, Oh, people were sexually wild, it was the sexual revolution at that time. The Prophet curtailed the sex so so uh so just see it, it's way more wild now. I mean sexuality is so much more well, it's better understood, for one thing. Hmm? It's better understood. And a lot of the you know, superstitions about that in general have been dismissed. And, 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 and it's, it's, you know, it's, people think about it differently, let's put it like that. Hmm? And so, uh, anyway, Upendra, he by default became a brahmachari, a celibate, right? Because he didn't, well, what do you do? The other guys are getting married. So he didn't want to get married. And he didn't want to get married because... He was a homosexual, and he didn't understand his own homosexuality that well. Here was a spiritual mission, and he identified with that, so he became a brahmachari. But it, you know, it wasn't working that well because it's not easy to. Uh, our teaching isn't become celibate and then chant Hare Krishna. I already explained that this morning. Chant Hare Krishna, and you will transcend such desires and every other desire for that matter in due course. But this is a very prominent one. Hmm? So there's ways to you know that can, can be worked on, you know, gradually and harnessed and so forth. So, Upendra becomes a brahmachari. Then it doesn't work. Hmm? It's not working for him. But he doesn't know what to say to Prabhupada. He never had a conversation with anybody about, I'm a homosexual practically, what to speak of his guru, and, and he doesn't, and it's not even a topic that's been brought up. And so, next thing you know, he's encouraged by somebody to, to, to marry somebody. So, he, I think he married somebody. That didn't work. That's a recipe for problem. And so years later, Prabhupada, he finally said to Prabhupada, I'm a homosexual. And Prabhupada said, well, that isn't good. Hmm? <laughs> he says, well, you know, it's like this and like that, and, and I can't chant it. He says, stop that. That doesn't, that doesn't sound good at all. Here's a celibate monk, you know, Prabhupada, for so many years. And, and so, he, you know, he heard about it. You know, it's, it's even in India, you can imagine how, how in the background that kind of that, that, that was and so forth, especially during the British time, the Victorian times and so forth, British-influenced India. So anyway, finally, after due course, Upanda tells me that he told Prabhupada, Prabhupada, I, this is thing, I'm just, this is it, I can't change like this. And Prabhupada said, all right, then find a nice boy and live with him. Hmm? And chant Hare Krishna. <laughs> hmm? Now, some people say, well, that's not recorded anywhere. I don't. Ha- can you prove that he said that? I said, I say this, if you didn't, if you don't, if you hear that and you don't think that's Prabhupada, then you didn't understand Prabhupada. Hmm? You didn't know Prabhupada. Hmm? That's so Prabhupada, it's just like, oh yeah, he said that for sure. But hmm? well, Pender's not going to lie about it you know, either for that matter, but it's just, that's just the way he was. Hmm? Okay, well then let's do it like this. Hmm? And we chant Hare Krishna that way then. <laughs> keep the chanting going, keep the train going, and it will keep going, and as he used to say, and the dogs will bark. Hmm? Right? You look at Prabhupada. Prabhupada changed things for time and circumstance. A number of things he changed. Hmm? 
And people in India said, oh, he's, he's ruined the whole thing. Hmm? He, he, they were alienated. This is the sector that you're talking about. What about them? You change the details to deliver the principle here, but other people get alienated. So some other other people in India they thought he's ruining Hinduism or, or Gaudiya Vaishnavism. He's, he's he's letting women chant. You know what will happen to the name if a, if a woman's tongue chants? You know who knows? <laughs> you know that that kind of a thing. And they criticized Prabhupada. Some of the people in Gaudiya Vaishnavism even they said. He said, they may be some kind of something, something, some kind of, maybe they can chant, but could they be initiated? Huh. Never. Can they cook for the deity and you will eat that after? Do you think the deity will eat that? Give them some kind of pre-initiation maybe, maybe something. Have them wait until they take a next birth in India and then they can be initiated, this kind of thing. And so people say, well, I mean, I don't, I'm not against them or anything like that. I mean, they're not bad. Or anything. I've got nothing against them. Um, you know, I just think that you know, obviously they're wrong and it's immoral, and I just I, they should change. That's all. <laughs> you know, we <laughs> we all have to change, right? <laughs> right. I gave up things that I was attached to, so they they have to too. It's 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 that's all. I'm all for them. Hmm? I have not. Friends. I have not. Some of my best friends are gay, and I tell them the same thing. You know. <laughs> I don't know how good of a friend they are. are yeah, some of my best friends are gay. I mean, that's like telling Martin Luther King, hey, I got nothing against you, just change the color of your skin. <laughs> no problem. Hmm? Black people are immoral, it's obvious. Just, you know, get some pigment or something, you know, and it, that's what it is. That's, just, that's, what, that's what you're asking people. Hmm? And so they say, well, give them some kind of pre-initiation, maybe, you know, something. Uh, you know, and uh, and wait, and maybe, and maybe then, you know, and, and hey, well, so what if they have to wait? Then let them wait, and then they'll be pure. How are they going to get pure if they have to wait to practice? <laughs> Why do they afford them the same facilities that the heterosexuals are afforded to purify themselves of the same thing, basically? Sexual desire. And marriage is for three things, I said the other day, according to Dharma Shastra. Praja, Dharma, Rati. That's what it's for. Praja means progeny, offspring. Dharma means with partner I, I engage in the Dharma. Hmm? Uh, you know, uh, and Rati means intimacy. Hmm? There's a license for that, for the married people. This is the, this is the, it was the Vedic way. Let's license, let's celebrate it, you know. It's not just like go anywhere and everywhere, like, you know, one bull jumps on a lady and another one and another one and wait a minute, we gotta, you know, you just go jump on some gal with them all, well, you know, that's not a good thing to do. <laughs> I felt like it, you know, so. <laughs> You know, so license it, you know, harness it and tame it and, and give it more meaning. Hmm? More meaning. Two people, they help one another, they feel for one another, they share. So to see, there's a place for that. Now the rati is on a lower level, so to speak, than the, than the dharma and the praja, but it's part of the relationship. Hmm? It's part of what's allowed according to the dharma shastra. Hmm? Then I'll tell you another thing. So, so let's, say, let's say Prabhupada asked his disciples this. He said, you chant... If you want to, you take initiation, you chant 25,000 names a day. That's 16 times around on the bead. That's what he said. And then he said, and then you, you, you have sex only in marriage for procreation. Don't take intoxication. Don't eat meat, fish or eggs, and so forth. Right? Hmm? So someone says, see, well, this is the standard. Now you're going to change that. <laughs> you're darn right I'm going to change that. Those are details. Hmm? Those are details. I'll give you an example. Narada Muni is a guru. Hmm? You heard of Narada Muni? Narada Muni Bajai Vina Radhika Ramana Nami. He met a hunter named Murgari. Was it Murgari? Yeah, Murgari. 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 And what did he used to do? This guy used to kill animals halfway and then watch them die. And he, like, he was like, he thought this was his pleasure. He would kill animals halfway and they'd flap on the ground. And so the saint Narada meets him and goes, Jesus Christ. Hare Krishna. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> you got to take the essence here. <laughs> and, so, and so he says, look, you shouldn't do that. He said, well, that's what I do. That's my nature. I, I get joy out of that. I get pleasure out of that. That's me. That's what I do. It's tradition. It was, it was, it was a tradition. Yeah. Now he says, okay, well, I'll tell you what, here. I'm going to initiate you into the chanting of the name. Ram Nam. So he gave him Ram Nam. He said, and I ask you to do this 
along with it. Kill them all the way. Okay? Kill them all the way, not halfway, and chant the name. Hmm? That was his, his adjustment. adjustment. Hmm? Then Nard goes around and circles and comes back years later. He meets the hunter. The hunter sees his guru and he goes down spontaneously to pay respect to him. And then he's going like this, brushing the ground because they're ants in the way. And he might kneel his head on them and kill them. Hmm? How he had been changed by the power of the name. And all that Nard attached to it, the chanting was, kill him all the way. Hmm? Can you imagine if we said, okay, we're going to initiate everybody as long as they just, you know, whatever, something. <laughs> That's pretty pretty extreme. They just kill him all the way, not halfway. Hmm? So, whereas this adjustment, for example, I'm saying it's so minor, it's, it's absolutely pathetic. And if, if you, and if you see that minor adjustment as a principle, that detail as a principle, you were really, really wrong. You were really making a huge mistake in, in your understanding of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So what's the adjustment? You know, the, okay, let's say you, know, you, 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 you promote, anyway, and it's and you only the bedrock of qualification for taking initiation is faith in the name. Faith informed by scripture and scriptural arguments, and we talk about those things, so the people be informed about the practice, and their faith will be well-reasoned and so forth. Then they practice. Nityananda Prabhu gave the name for faith alone. Hmm? Rupa Goswami says faith is eligibility. It doesn't say anything else. Hmm? Bhagavatam says sex for procreation. This is, this, is, this is like, in married life, like being a brahmachari. Hmm? It gives some, some dignity to that. That's fine. But it doesn't say before you get initiated, you have to be at this standard. It also says celibacy is, 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 a, is, a, is a transcending the sexual desire is a symptom of one has made progress. Hmm? It doesn't say be celibate as a, pro, as, a, as a means. It says celibacy is something we arrive at as a fruit of, of, of the practice. Hmm? So, yeah, those, things, those statements are there, but they're not about how to, that you have to do that somehow else before getting involved in the practice, necessarily. Now, any guru can put any kind of restriction on any disciple he wants and say, I'm only going to initiate people if they do this. That's his prerogative. Nothing wrong with that. He can, make, he can, say, he can say, I'm not going to initiate anybody unless they chant 100,000 names a day. And many gurus used to do that in past time. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, no, I want to eat food from anybody that doesn't chant a lack of names a day. It's recorded in Chaitanya Bhagavad. Prabhupada told his disciples, you should chant 64 rounds in a day. They said, we can't do that. He said, oh, then chant 32. They said, we can't do that. He said, then 16? And they said, okay, we can do that. So there he adjusted a, a detail. Hmm? What if we go back and say, the people did it. He's giving them 16 rounds. Mahaprabhu said 64. He's cheapening the whole process. The whole thing's going to hell now. Hmm? Right? We are we're against that. This whole work of Bhaktivedanta Swami, we, we, we disown him entirely, we have nothing to do with this. Meanwhile, he, meanwhile, people all over the world are embracing the Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the teaching, chanting, and so on and so forth. And, and these people, are, they're wrong. Yeah, they're wrong. There's a wrong and there's a right. They're wrong. They're not wrong. That, that it doesn't say that Prabhupada was wrong in his time for doing what he did and why he did and so forth. That's up to him. If, he, if, if I say, I don't want to initiate, uh, you know, whatever, this kind of person, that's my prerogative. I don't have to. It doesn't mean that they're not qualified. It just means maybe I have a limitation, that I don't think I can deal with that karma, so I'm going to pass it on to somebody else. Hmm? That's legitimate. Hmm? And, and, and uh, So for any number of reasons, but, but the point is, that's the prerogative of a guru. That's not the principle. He can adjust the details, or she can, as, as the guru sees fit. Hmm? And then we should look and see by the results. Hmm? I was thinking about this came in my mind the other morning. You know, I tell my disciples, you know, if, if, you, if, you're, if you, um, uh, you, should, you should seek to harness, to harness your sexuality by, by containing it to a meaningful relationship. That will be progressive. Hmm? That, 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 that. And so there they are, here they are, so many of them here chanting in the morning, you know. And then there are the people that, that, that had vowed that they would only have sex in marriage for procreation, which isn't very often, and then they couldn't do it. Hmm? 
almost all of Prabhupada's disciples. They couldn't do that. Hmm? And so some of them are here too. And I'm thinking, what's the big difference between these two people here? I'll tell you one of the differences. You, and, and, and you think about this. What's worse? Material attachment uh, or aparad, offense? Hmm? Which is worse on your record? If you offend the name, that'll be worse for you than just you have some material attachment. Let us say, if you want to think that that sex is yeah, outside of marriage is a sin, it's not according to Dharma Shastra, hmm? um, or, or, or or within I should say within within married life without the idea of procreation. So let's say you want to say anything that's, uh, that, 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 that that's sinful. It's not according to Dharma Shastra, but let's say you think about this, and let's say what's worse, sin. We'll give it to you for our sake of our. What's worth sin or aparad? Hmm? Which is worse? It's very clear. The aparad is worse. Your effective aparad can carry all the way into Bhava Bhakti. Hmm? Hmm? So, you know, if you have a situation where you, you, you ask the disciple to vow like this and then he breaks the vow, she breaks the vow, that's, you disobey the Guru, that's offense to Harinam. Now, you wonder why there's so many problems with so many devotees. Hmm? No, we don't blame Prabhupada. We should blame ourselves. We should have told Prabhupada, Prabhupada, this isn't working. Here's what's going on. It's not working. Everybody's saying this, but they, then they can't do it, and they're afraid to say anything because they all think that this is like, you know, a necessity. I know some disciples of Prabhupada said, Prabhupada, I'm giving my life to you, but I can't do this like, you know, once a month until my wife's pregnant and then, you know, see you in a few years, you know. I just thought, I'm not just able to do that. Perhaps then, then, go on. <laughs> you, know, what I, you know, I, a devotee told me that personally. You know, and he was, you know that story about the Bengalis getting initiated, right? No. Well, uh, Prabhupada was initiating a whole bunch of Bengalis in Mayapur and Jack Kaka protested. And this is a story I heard. Uh, he protested. So they can't follow all these principles. How, how can they get initiated? Get initiated? And Prabhupada said, oh, they don't have to follow all this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. There you go. So, there it is. Yeah. No, Prabhupada, I'll tell you one thing. Prabhupada thought, him coming to this other planet, right? New York, United States, and I don't know where these people are at and so forth. I mean, they were taught practically in India that every woman in America was a prostitute. Hmm? They had ideas like that that they were you know, fostered on them and so forth into sodden circles and stuff. So he didn't know what to think. And so he thought, well, I'll try something. I'll, I'll, I'll tell him. And then we all, here, a lot of us, okay, I'll tell you another thing. A lot of us came from middle-class families, Christian families. Yeah, it was a sexual revolution, but it was just beginning, too. And so you had this Christian, maybe Catholic, I was a Catholic boy, Catholic upbringing, and we were told, you know, you should have sex when you get married and and... and you know, and I dated a girl from a Catholic school, you know, whatever, you know. <laughs> I've been there and uh, done that. And uh, so, <laughs> so, you know, then, 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 then they were in the middle of the sexual revolution and, 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 uh, and uh, um, you know, uh, hippie, whatever, counterculture and so forth. But, you know, you're in a counterculture, but you've got some doubts, too. And it's not working, because you just also had a bad trip, and now, and now you're on the street, and you don't even have a meal, and it's raining out, you know. and It's not all peace and love out here, you know. <laughs> I mean, I went to Woodstock. That's where I met the devotees at the Woodstock Festival. And when we got there, you know, it was raining, and they had declared it free, and we were going there. We are hippies, you know. We are going to the Woodstock Festival in New York. And then the guys are coming... And, and I had heard on the radio in the car, uh, it's, they've opened it as a free concert, you know. We had already got tickets, but we heard it's a free concert. That's cool. So we ripped up our tickets. Meanwhile, we're going to the concert, and, you, and, 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 and that we're at a point where it gets to be walking, you know. And, and then there's these guys coming, selling their tickets, hippies, selling their tickets that they bought for 10 bucks or whatever. And I thought, yeah, this is hypocrite is what it is, you know. These guys... Where's the love, brother? You know, <laughs> I'm supposed to buy a ticket, then I'm going to find out it's, you know, and he's selling his ticket so he can buy some drugs. You know, so it gets, you know, whatever. It, it, it wasn't all what it was cracked up to be. There's a lot of good things about it, good ideas, good, you know. But so you, you, could, you could wake up one morning and think, what am I doing here? You know, like, hmm. And then you know, along comes the Prabhupada, you know, with, 
it with what you're really looking for, real change, spirituality, and so forth. And he's so dynamic and charismatic and powerful spiritually, and he looks different, he shaves his head, and you think, hey, that's cool. And there goes the long hair that you've been growing for the last, you know, five years to, you know, to be, you know, get it as, me as cool, be as, you know, long-haired as you could or whatever, <laughs> you know. Be, don't want to be a weekend hippie, you know. That's, uh, you know, so... <laughs> So there, you know, then he says, you know, you know, you do it like this, you do it like that. Then, then he, with regard to sexuality, then you're, all your Catholicism comes back up on you, you know. And, yeah, I guess that was right, you know. Unconsciously. Unconscious. Yeah. You know, it, it's not going to work the same today. Hmm? Sexual revolution is like full-blown. You know, this thing's been thought about, talked about, pulled and twisted and turned and, uh, you know, in so many different directions and so forth. Hmm? And the idea of repression, how that will, will affect, and this and that, so many things. So we we were somewhat in our, in our you know, middle class Jewish or Protestant or Catholic background. We you know we were more readily susceptible to the idea. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. You know? Now a lot of other things are wrong about. I've got like, you know. Like, I identify with that as a kid. I thought, yeah, I guess that must be wrong. I wanted to be a priest when I first learned about religion because I thought, that makes sense. Do it all. If you're going to do it, go for it. Hmm? Completely. Hmm? But then the Jesuit priests, they were so... I thought, God, the guy's smoking a cigarette. I just thought, what's that? How could he be smoking a cigarette? That doesn't make any sense. Even. That's stupid. And you're supposed to be a priest. You're supposed to have knowledge, enlightenment. So I thought about it. Then the other guy, you know, I mean, some of the Jesuits, I didn't have that guy as a counselor, but he was the guy who was was a pedophile, you know. And other guys would tell me that. I thought, well, these guys are weird, you know. So I'm out of here, you know. I'm out of I'm going to go, you know, at 18, I'm go, or whatever it was, I'm going find my way, you know, somewhere else. Um, so uh, I had some sense of morality about me. I thought it was cool. These guys were priests. They were, you know, they wore the robes, and they were like, you know, high people and stuff like that. And, they, and so, but... So then you, you know, so anyway, some of that you you carry with you, and you readily embrace an idea, and then you find out people find out that they couldn't do that. Hmm? Now I didn't have a problem with that. I joined the mission. I was married, hmm? and my wife was pregnant, so I got you know before <laughs> I got in it beforehand, you know. So then I joined Prabhupada, and then that was the principle. I didn't have a problem with that, you know. But I kind of hit the ground running. Hmm? So I'm a successful householder. <laughs> I, I never had an issue with that, but my household life didn't last so long because I became so absorbed in Krishna consciousness that that I, I used to go into trance and, and in in Los Angeles on the street, and um, and I was too spiritual for my wife and family, and then my, and my wife went off with another man, and she came back and said, "You shouldn't do that. It's not good. Probably won't be pleased." That's how I thought about it. And um, I tried to help her and so forth. But I had no, I just had no, uh, I had, you know, risen above this, this, uh, that. So it was just a different, you know, thing. And she complained to Prabhupada, he doesn't spend enough time with me. And Prabhupada says, all right, he's got something else to do. Hmm? Don't worry about that. Hmm? So anyway, that, you know, a little my story. But the point is, most of the households, they couldn't follow that. So, you know, that's a problem then. And then somebody felt guilty, and then they left the mission, and, and then they, and they had to carry that around, and so forth. And Some of them even took their own lives. I disobeyed my guru, and, and probably didn't, he wasn't told about these things. What do you think he would say? We know what he would say. Well, let's just change that. Let's just do it like this. They can have sex inside of marriage. How's that? Well, that's a phew, that's over. <laughs> Problem solved, you know. Hare Krishna, you know. Where's the prasad? I mean, it's like, that, I mean, is that a big, you know? Oh, that's a, and then somebody thinks, oh, that's a, that's horrible. Three and a half principles only, and instead of four, you know, it's oh, it's terrible. This is going to be, you know, as a, you know, maybe we, maybe they should have that. They should vow for that, even though they can't make it. And then if they strive for it, and, and, and it's just like, you're not making any sense, Baba. Hmm? And it's, it's a detail. And then someone says, well, Trip Reimer says it's a detail. Okay. He says it can be done like, here's what Prabhupada said over here, back here, 40 years ago. Huh? So who do you want to believe? Prabhupada or his disciple? Hmm? 
That's like saying, hey, check it out. Prabhupada's saying this. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said this 500 years ago. 64 rounds, okay? Won't eat from anybody's hand. Who has... What would you think if somebody told you that about Prabhupada? you think, go to hell. <laughs> what do you know? Hmm? Uh, that's what I say. <laughs> so some people will be alienated. Yeah, they'll be really alienated. They'll go to hell for that, for just maintaining that. And then, it, it, and, it, I mean, I'm, I'm saying in principle, the more, it's called Niyamagraha. They have a Nigamagraha Prabhupada. Niyamagraha means you, you, you follow the rule, but you don't know the meaning behind it. Hmm? Rules are meant to be broken. They're not, you're not, we're not meant to lead a rule ruled life. Hmm? Rules are supposed to harness your animality in such a way that you're, you become civilized and human and then your spirituality comes out and then you're transcendental to the moral uh, code. Huh? Krishna's Sabramachari, right. <laughs> As it said in, you know, Gopal Tapani, yes. Well, I wasn't there, hmm? but I saw Sridhar Marsh initiate hundreds of people and he never asked them to make any such vow. Hmm? Basically, married life was for married people. That was the, the, the higher ideal was that someone would... There's evidence that he, 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 he made a point. The highest ideal within the household of life would be that it's so harnessed that you only engage in it for procreation to... Uh, something like that, um, but it wasn't a, any. And, and, Narayan Mar said he never heard of it. He, didn't, he, he never heard of it before. In other words, he's in Gaudiya Math, and he knows he knew all the. He's a disciple of Keshav Marsh, who's a godbrother of Providence, a godbrother of Shridhar Marsh. He knew he's older than than us, so he, he's passed away. But he knew that those gurus were like all six gurus for him, so he knew their standards and so forth. And so there you go. Hmm. So we've got precedents in the in the past, in the recent past, in the distant past. And a person like myself, th this is my service. You may say, well, I don't know. And I say, well, I know. That's why I'm here. That's why I sit here and you're there. I do know. And that's how we're, that's how we're going to make the call. This, I'm gonna, I can show you. Here's why it's a principle. Here's why it's a detail. This is why, this is why, this is why. And it shows here by this previous precedent it was a detail. Hmm? And I can quote the Dharma Shastra, and I can quote Bhagavatam, this, that, and Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, and I can, what more do you want? I can show it from every scripture, this is a detail. And I can show it from precedent, that it's a detail. And I can show you that the principle is, the Acharya should adjust according to the time and circumstance. And you still go, well, I don't know. Then what can I say? You don't have faith in Shastra. Hmm? Mm -hmm. you, the question now becomes, are you qualified to tread the path? You want to make it up as you go along. That's what we're supposed to avoid. We're not following our mind here. We're following revelation, and revelation is ongoing. So, it's a, yeah, there are some people, are there is a right and there is a wrong. I'm sorry. You wanted to make a comment? Well, um, I have a question. So, uh, and I think you've answered it, but I just want to clarify. So we have a... The Acharya is fully confident, beyond any shadow of a doubt, of the efficacy of the process of Krishna consciousness. So he goes into a society that is equally divided on a moral principle which he sees as a detail. He has the freedom to decide to go one way or another even if he knows, well, one way is the right way, but in order to present in this society at this point in time, I have to do it this way. He's allowed that freedom? Yeah. Yeah. So sure. he, can, he can mold his approach in presenting the philosophy according to the societal, societal influences of the day. Um. He, he could he, he could certainly take that into consideration. I'm, I'm not maybe I'm not entirely grasping or saying so I don't want to give you a wrong message, but are you speaking like a like a ISKCON society, for example? Or no, 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 oh, no. Just talking, let's oh. just talk he goes into a society and the mm -hmm. society is equally split oh, on, on some moral issue okay. which really he sees as 
failed. It's all sinful life to him. But he realizes it's all sinful life. Mm-hmm. So I have to I have to rein them in. But he determines, well, I'm going to go this way in this societal institution, in this societal situation, because I'll rein in more. This is something, as you said, I'm comfortable with. He has that freedom. Yeah, he has that freedom. At the same time, I think that an Acharya has to also be able to see where the society is going. So there's going to be, let's say there's an issue. Let's take this country, for example. There is a divide on this issue of homosexuality. Um, right? So Acharya could say, well, look, half the people are for it, half the people are against it. So maybe I'll just go against it and get that half. Hmm? But I think he has to see also what's, what's, what's the truth of the matter, Hmm? Yeah, what's the, what's the truth of the matter? One side may be wrong, one side may be right. Hmm? Then it would be short-sighted to side with the side that's, that's, that's wrong because truth is going to prevail over time. So he's rather a revolutionary type of person, so he would side progressively with where it's going. It doesn't take a lot of brains to look at it, you know. Like on this issue, for example, it doesn't take a lot of brains where it's going. I mean, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. I mean, you know, Sarah Palin is there, but I mean, you know, that's a certain section of society that's going to be more and more marginalized uh, as time goes on. But let's say that the societal split is uh, two-thirds, one-third, and he knows the right thing is the one-third, but he wants to gather all the two-thirds. Yeah, there may be there may be possibility for that. I mean, it's not the best to use this kind of example because when we think of it in terms of this example, it's too played out. It's too big of an issue at this point. But if you go into society, you might exor- ignore certain issues, and you see, huh, I can't deal with that now. I'll deal with. Yeah, he has that prerogative. Yes. Well, I think the real issue is like you said, the question around unity. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Just. A- Right. And if they're, and, and some of us are blind, and some of us have, you know, other defects or problems, but the guru is not going to say, well, you're blind, I'm not going to initiate you. Uh, if someone says, I want spiritual life, and their probably karma gives them this, this unfortunate, in the sense of like in society, uh, problem, it, it seems to me almost that they don't actually understand kind of the metaphysics of Krishna consciousness. And, and Who doesn't? One karmic issue, in other words. One karmic issue becomes, uh, you know, we're ready to deal with a lot of other karmic issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's okay. You, you, so you're saying all the karmic issues are equally yeah, I mean, problematic. Problematic. Yeah. And, and, and it seems to me it's almost like you have to turn off your, your understanding of, yeah. of, of, of metaphysical reality mm-hmm. and just say, I just don't like this one, and therefore, and, and I think that's almost like a disqualification of, or at least shows a, a, a big blind spot claiming to be able to deliver a, a, a guided person in spiritual life. Yeah. Yeah. Abru? Well, I was, uh, as, as we were talking about the Guru's prerogatives and making the adjustments, it occurred to me 
But it's not the guru's prerogative to make those adjustments. It's his responsibility. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. He had, uh, you were, I think you were there when Prabhupada, we were talking about this earlier today. Prabhupada, when there was some controversy over, you know, some standardized preaching um, tactics to, to train the devotees, you know, Prabhupada said, um, uh, preaching depends on circumstance, and every man must be his own genius. So yeah. When you take the responsibility of preaching, and I think it's our responsibility. That's part of our responsibility. Not just our prerogative, but it's also it's our responsibility. We've got to figure out how to do these things, just like Srila Prabhupada did. He accepted that. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, cool. Um, I, now I'm free to fiddle with this and fiddle with that. It was like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I'd better fiddle with this and fiddle with that and figure out how to make it work. Right. Laura? Oh, if you don't want to reincarnate, yeah, yeah you you can you can join us. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> we made that choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you, yeah, we're working on that. It might take a little time, but let's say your karma was you were going to take another hundred lives. We could cut it down to about three or four, maybe. Okay, fair enough. All right, we'll stop there. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Oh, <laughs> very